With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. This is a call to all. You know it's like it rockets and I bust it through the door. Break it through the ceiling and I'm open up the floor. Make you split your head when you bang against a wall. Blazing full fury from a sight unseen. Flipping on the podcast, intro time three. Throwing up a jump for a breeding frenzy. It's a talking festival waters of this ever easy. Time to lay the smack down, lay it on your back now. Focus on that moment when you bash it into round town. Competition tries to stay up for the last round. But we still are finished and we soaking up the live crowd. Turn it up loud, and make us all proud Anyone who brought up, yeah, we take them all up in the ground Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud Hey, slice of bitches, gonna hit you like Blow, like blow So listen up, so we'll let you hours to wow That's MMA, MMA. we're more power Ask if you see, turn up the volume You lacking this, I don't like game, and I just solved your problem I'm your host, as always, Steve, being joined by the lovely Miss Nicole Bosco. Nicole, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great this evening. How are you, Steve? Yeah, yeah it's been, it's been, it, 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 I, I've been having some trouble. There's just some things going on in my life, but I'm still fucking, I'm getting myself out of here, you know, oh. doing my thing. <laughs> I had a friend lose a friend, and it's just, you know, shit uh, hits home sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, other than that, you know me. You know me. I'm always good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, tonight we got uh, Tom Galecchio and uh, Brian Kellenher, and there's all kinds of fucking craziness about to go on in MMA. Freaking trades? Yeah. Are we serious with this nonsense? 
Does the UFC not like this guy to the point we're just going to abolish this guy's division, trade trade away the the guy you marketed the division around? For a guy they should have freaking had on their roster probably for the last six or or seven years anyways. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't – yeah. I mean, definitely Ben Askren should have been in the UFC by now. And I think think the UFC should do whatever they – to get him out of his uh, one contract, but trading to me Johnson. I mean, I get it. He's you not know, a free agent. I mean, for people who don't know, is is that Mighty Mouse's manager is is uh, and and coach is is uh you know it has a big part to play in one. So maybe this is something that like he want you know maybe he's getting to the point where he's getting sick of. You know how he's being treated, and you know wants to just have him in what he's already a part of as it is, anyways. Well, yeah, People he forget wants about to that. go to one like that's that's you know his yeah, own business. Like he's he's able to get that, there. That, you know, everyone's always always asking like, why hasn't Mighty Mass like 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 gone away from like the, you know that team that he's kind of come up with? And you know, I still I don't ha- I don't have a problem with anything Mighty Mass has done over his career, but. I mean, uh, but I mean, it's a cool, it's a, it's, it's unique. It's weird. This is not anything that, you know, we're talking about trades in MMA. Like what, <laughs> what is this? I mean, obviously yeah. there's a lot of moving parts that would have to happen, buyouts, et cetera, for, for it to happen. But, you know, this is probably, uh, you know, this is uh, <laughs> uh, a, a new, a new one for us. I, I guess, you know, we're, we're talking MMA trades, and, you know, uh, you, you would think of it like we're talking fantasy uh, mixed, mixed martial arts, like, like we're talking like, uh, you know, DraftKings or something. We're trading with other, with other, uh, with other teams that, that have, have, have uh, fighters or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a cool concept if you think about it. Like if it legit could work out, like just trading around, like how many people talk about like, the dream matchups and stuff like that. If like if they could actually happen, like it's kind of cool for the fans, but I don't see logistically how like if you could just be trading people all around. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, in in reality, what it would be would be both one and UFC would have to buy out um, the remaining contract of, of of both of these fighters and let them be mm-hmm. free agents, and they would obviously. Then you know, signed to to X promotion, right? Because yeah. that, that's I mean, the only thing. That's the only way that works. But it's weird though for Demetrius Johnson to like be wanting to go over there when he was just basically like running his division in the UFC. He only lost the one fight. You know why? I mean, unless he really has some bad blood with the UFC, which it's a possibility because like you know, remember when he was like. Um, they wanted him to fight T.J. Dillashaw, and he didn't want to do it, and then there was, like, Dana White was, like, basically, like, bad-mouthing him the entire time. Like, I could see there being, like, bad blood stemming from that, like, wanting to leave the UFC. Now he's not the champion anymore. He kind of, like, has an out. He might have felt, like, obligated to stay since he was the champion and kind of, like, the face of the 125-pound division, but now that he's not, it might be, like, a chance for him to just be like, I'm out of here, you know, and, and I honestly don't think the UFC would really fight too much to keep him. But here's the other other side of that. Like you got to think about how they promote everybody, and for the significance of uh, 
of both of Demetrius Johnson's last two fights, considering what it meant to the the annals of history in in the inside of that promotion, was utterly disrespectful. I mean, remember when George was on his run, how much how much hype and 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 publicity that they were get get given him as he was approaching uh you know the title defense record at that point in time. Like he was everywhere. They had him on everything. Giants mm-hmm. commercial, that in the third, like, like everything. Tell me with everything that's changed over the years, why haven't we ha- haven't Demetrius got that? I mean, he's got that um, what was that 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 Metro uh, commercial with uh, um, Sage Northcutt or whatever? But it was mm-hmm. more like he was there to introduce. It was more like he was there to kind of introduce Sage into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I the mean... vibe I got. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, he wasn't, yeah. But he needs, the UFC's like, he doesn't promote himself. But, like, he he doesn't have to promote himself in a way. Like, you're supposed to be promoting his fights and him in conjunction with the fights. Like, you know, if Conor McGregor wasn't um, so mouthy and such an outgoing character and stuff like that, do you think the UFC would have promoted him? Like, obviously, you need to do a little something to make yourself you know, stand out from the rest. But, I mean, I think his in-the-cage performances made him stand out from the rest. He's, like, obviously, like, way up there in GOAT status, whether you think he is the, the GOAT or he's not. In he, he was unstoppable for a while. That should have been enough ammunition for the UFC to do something with promoting him in, in at least that regard. If he's not, like, the bad boy of the sport or there's, like, nothing, like, he's not a movie star or he's not, you know, Ronda Rousey or he's not beautiful and all those other stuff. Like, there's still plenty of stuff That's to promote. He's not controversial. That's the problem. He's, you yeah, know, there's you don't nothing, have to only be, there's nothing, you don't only there's have to nothing be controversial. You have to be something. UFC wants either be. bad guys you see wants bad guys yeah. or pretty people. That's it. Like if you if you're not a pretty person, like you're on TV and your movies and you're like a model, or you're not the bad guy, then it's like you're pretty much shit out of luck. I mean, it's crazy because like I think like like you're missing something with the gaming community with with Demetrius Johnson and and I think with like the the media companies that one has I think that could be a really good fit for him especially because how much that that Demetrius loves that that side of uh, the, the the tech world that could be a really good fit when, when everything's all all said and done because like he does a lot of stuff like uh like uh like 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 through through the gaming community so I mean you can say what you want like you could. You know, with their conjunction, when they had with Fox, you should have had him like sitting there when they were doing the the uh, Madden tournaments and stuff. And you should have had Demetrius Johnson going in there and kind of get, getting your nose up in that. They didn't. I mean, these are things like mm-hmm. like like where where they they miss on on some of these athletes, where they already have these connections lined up and set up. Yeah. But is he going to get that kind of stuff in one? Like who? Not to feel like mean or whatever, but like who watches it? I don't. Who watches it? You know, because now Eddie Alvarez is going over there. And you have a couple of big names, but like, is it going to be the type of thing? If they get Demetrius Johnson there, and you can get some of these guys that they have, like from uh, from from the um, you know the the uh, the 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 Asian uh, you know pool talent pool they have. If you get at least a handful of guys that could 
compete with these guys or, or push these guys or be able to promote them. You have enough to start a spark that could could garner attention that could that could bring in other potential uh, you know quote unquote t- top talent or, or big name talent. It could be the next wave. Yeah. You know, you never know. You see a lot of maybe ma- I'm just being uh, like out of the loop, world. But... I mean, who's to sit there and say that one can't? I'm not saying that that it's going to happen, but who's to sit there and say it can't? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just out of the loop in that kind of that part of the world. I'm sure I'm sure it's huge, you know, with uh, the Asian crowd and everything. But like, I know Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez was saying that he signed like an eight-figure deal, right? And and I saw on Twitter, I forget who it was. Like one of the like kind of outspoken journalists. I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Snowden. I don't know. Somebody was like giving him shit, like an eight-figure deal. Like, is that American dollars or is that like, you know, like he didn't believe that one was going to pay him that much money. But it's like they're they're looking to get him and Demetrius Johnson and maybe like making a run at a couple of big-name guys. Like, they've got to be making back what they're paying. Like, you would think they'd have some sort of uh, plan for these figures. But you got to think, they haven't really been having – Going after anyone up until this point, like like uh, when Ben Askren went there, other than Shinaoki, that was kind of like the big guys they went. At. They haven't really made any moves like this until now. So you have to think maybe that they they've been making back more on their investment that they, that that people have been been thinking. And you know here here we are. I mean, they you also still have some questions because you know we remember how. Those first handful of years went when you had that the, the, the fighter die because of the weight cut and everything like that. So, you know, you never know. They maybe finally they feel they're in a position to kind of make a run to start, you know, position themselves be- better in, 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 in what, what we call this MMA market, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, you know, if Ben Askren comes to the UFC, what are the fights for him? You know, obviously everybody wants to see him against GSP, right? But do you think that's that, going to happen? That, no, that, I mean, that's I, the, first, I, the first fight has to be that. It has to be. Period. Yeah, but we, is we, it going to happen? That's the thing. It's a big fight for the fans. Like, everybody wants to see it, right? But in, in name and in money, like, I, I actually spoke to George, like, a couple weeks ago, and he was pretty adamant that he only wants to come back for, like, things that interest him. Which is a way of saying he wants to come back for a big fight, like big money. He was talking about, uh, you know, Conor McGregor is basically what he was saying. You know, something that, that challenges him, um, something that he's never done before. I don't, I mean, the fans want to see him fight Ben Askren. Obviously, it's been talked about for years. But in actuality, I don't think he would take that fight. I don't. Well, here's the thing. Dana's kind of made it clear that that uh, you know he's still ticked off about the whole belt thing, and that he's going to make George fight a you know not, not get the fight he wants next. So if this is happening, maybe this is what what he what Dana's doing is like you know what I, you pissed me off to the point where I'm going to get the guy that that I feel can can give you an L. And yeah, but and also the, Dana's all about the money, and George is George brings in the money. Dana likes the money. If George went for a third belt. That would be huge. If he won a third belt, that would be huge. The the pay-per-views would be great if he was going for a third belt. If he actually won it, the publicity would be amazing. He's the first guy that, to, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, to hold three different belts. Like, you know, I don't know if they put him up against Khabib because I don't know, honestly, if he would beat Khabib. But 
be giving him the opportunity as to I fight said, for a third belt. Is, is a fight that I think people respect his credentials, and, and it's a fight that, you know, may, maybe that's the fight how they introduce that, that 65 pound division is Ben Askren and, 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 and George St. Pierre instead of what, what a lot of people think it's going to be. Who knows? Yeah. And he also was talking about Nate Diaz, too. He was like tra- uh, a little trashing uh, Nate Diaz. And that would be another fun one. Yeah, because, you know, he's already beaten, um, you know, beaten Nick. But, you know, I think Nate, uh, Nate I think Nate is better off his back than, than Nick is. Like, Nick's great. I, I think uh, Nick's the better striker. Nate's the better grappler, and especially when, when it comes to actually, you know, getting it. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it'd be, it, it, it'll be fun. To, to, to see that fight, I mean, regardless if he was trashing him or not, or or you know, you know, you know, low key don't, you know, th- throwing his shade as he does from time to time in his, uh, you know, uh, respectful way that he, that he goes about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and we're also talking about that, like you know, you know, you know, and the guy we haven't talked about is is still Anderson Silva still floating around there, and he's starting to poke his name around into the the. Uh, these big fight mix, you know, you know, you're hearing them link to uh, to Connor, and you know, that's all that fun. But worst, you know, that's the, that was the worst thing that Connor McGregor could have ever said. Like even mentioning uh, Anderson Silva's name was like the worst. It's like no, nobody wants to see that. Like, like what are you gonna do? Like, 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 you know, is he gonna be like the 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 <laughs> the Damon or uh, the Damon Wayans character from uh, the Great White Height? When he when he freaking fattens himself up to like like almost like two hundred pounds to fight this dude or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is that what you're gonna do, dude? I mean, oh, come on, please. I still want. I, I th- bet. That, I, I mean, if it's not the one that's the thing I want Julius to have. I really do. I mean, I, those are the, the points that that. What happened? They're going to open the 165. I know they are. Just because Dana White was saying there's no way they're, they're not interested in it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. So yeah, because maybe you were interested in it then. No it's, it's no way right now because we haven't gotten everything lined up and I haven't been able to ready to announce it yet. That's why it's no way it's happened. It's no, yeah, it was no way then because it was no way for Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz. It's, just, it's definitely not a no way if Conor McGregor says, hey, let me fight for the 165 because I'm not going to beat Khabib at 155, so put me up against – even Nate Diaz again, or, you know, Dustin Poirier again, like, put me up against one of these guys for 165, of course they would do that. Are you kidding me? If they can get a belt around Connor's waist, it's ka-ching. You're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. Um, What else? We had uh, the the bare-knuckle boxing event this, this weekend, and, uh, and uh, Christine Ferreri get, with another nice knockout, uh, calling out uh, Beck Hyatt, and Beck's kind of uh, curving her a little bit. Uh, <laughs> is that the fight to pretty much make at this point in time? Those are two, like two of the more popular girls that are that are fighting for bare knuckle boxing, and uh, I think yeah, they both I didn't have really, style. I didn't watch the bare knuckle boxing at all. Like I haven't really gotten into it. I know I've heard like so many good things about it, but I haven't really gotten into it yet. So I've also heard some other crazy stuff. Like, um, you know, you see that that guy uh, Rob Thomas MMA on Twitter, right? Mm, yes. So 
he was coming up with this thing that uh it's kind of weird that that this whole uh this whole last event we didn't really see anything on bare knuckle boxing but up until the first event like they did like uh I think MMA fighting did to the tune of like 33 articles before that event and this one they don't do anything was kind of under the impression that someone was doing a little pay for play there I don't know if that's okay. true, but if that if that is, that's freaking crazy, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Like, he sent something to the uh, the MMAJ, and uh, after after he sent that out after the first event, and all of a sudden he hasn't heard anything bad, but th- but this event there's little to nothing. I think it's kind mm. of telling, don't you? Yeah. I, could be yeah, true. I didn't could know be anything about that. I don't know. I'm not the one behind the closed doors, but if that's if that is, that's freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. One person. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which, you know, we got we're about to have Galecchio come on, and you know we're starting to get closer to finalize for that first uh, Golden Boy MMA event. What do you, what, what do you yeah, like? Yeah, I'm hoping one? he. I'm hoping he gets on here with us. He's like very shape. Like it was very weird getting in touch with him. So I gave him a number. Hopefully he calls in. But oh god, I'm getting I'm getting nervous that he's not gonna call in. But it's happened to us before. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah, that 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 fight card is weird because I've heard a couple of different I fights do. and then I they changed it. Oh, yeah. By the way, well, I, I, have I gave him our number, so. and so if he calls us, I don't want to bother him if he's like training or something. But um, yeah, none of the fights have been announced by actual by Golden Boy. They all the fights that were on the card have been announced by the commission. So Golden Boy hasn't announced anything yet, and they've been like swapping things around. So that actually might be why Tom's like kind of avoiding us. I don't know. Hopefully he calls in, but maybe because it's like they've been switching everything around, and like I don't. It doesn't seem very organized. It's their first event, so it's like, you know, you can't really blame them for not having everything sorted out perfectly, but it's, yeah, seems like it's all a little chaotic. We'll find out in, um, <laughs> we'll find out in a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as long as the main event goes off, I think the rest is kind of just like, icing on the cake because everyone's going to be turn- tuning in for the main event. Nobody's going to be turn- tuning in for like the prelims or like even, you know, there's a couple other uh, former oh, UFC fighters on there. Battle if it happens, could be a fun fight. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, there's there's good fights on the on the card, but I'm saying like people that are going to be buying this pay-per-view for, what is it, 50 bucks? They're buying it for the main event. They're not buying it for anything else, really. Fair enough. It is definitely a fair assessment. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see how it all winds up playing out. But let's. Uh... There's one thing I wanted to get your opinion on. Did you hear that sure. uh, Daniel Cormier is saying now that he, if he loses um, to Derek Lewis, he's not going to give up his light heavyweight title, which seems weird to me because, like, they said that he, you know, the UFC was going to strip him and make John Jones versus Gustafson for the 
the actual belt. Now Daniel Cormier is saying, if I lose my heavyweight belt, there's no way I'm giving up my light heavyweight belt, which makes sense. Like, why would you? Like, you, you're not losing both of them. It doesn't make any sense. But then what would they do? Would they just make the other fight for the interim? Would they allow him to keep it if after they already said they were going to strip him? You know, they stripped Conor McGregor of both, so why not? They shouldn't strip him of the light heavyweight title just yet. I, I am a firm believer that that, that it is it is – Morally irresponsible to strip any fighter without any injury or any type of you know you know negative thing with the you know you know like a, a bad test or anything like that within a calendar year within a calendar year. It, it, I have a problem with that. I'm sorry. I don't care if, if he's if he went up and wait to fight somebody is now titled another one and he's defending that one first. Well, that well then you should have set up the light heavyweight title fight first, not the heavyweight title first. That's not his problem. He's still fighting for your for that company to strip him of the light heavyweight title before even offering him a fight in that in that weight class is is kind of you know you know obviously morally neglectful at, at first and we can get into other aspects of that as well but um, it should absolutely be for an interim title until the such time that Daniel like either either wins or loses the heavyweight title or, or retires point blanket period as much as I. You know, I still believe that John Jones is a true champion of that division. Um, him and Daniel Cormier have un- unfinished business regardless if, if they ever wind up fighting again or not, regardless of what Daniel says. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, yeah, Especially I, I just don't too- get this. Within a, within a calendar year, I have a problem with that. If if, if it's yeah. he, and he's making it sound like, hey, I have an intention to at least have one more fight at light heavyweight. Well, then you should give him that opportunity as the champion. Yeah, and especially because he's doing them a solid by taking this, like, last-minute fight against Derek Lewis. You know, he's basically – I don't for think no he reason. wanted That's this fight. fight he wanted for no reason. That's not the fight he wanted. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to wait for Brock Lesnar, and, I mean, that's no secret. You know, why wouldn't he? It's big money. It's a big fight, whatever. So he's basically doing them a solid by taking this fight when I don't even think his hand is completely healed. Like, he's putting up his, he's basically putting up his belt, and he could lose it. I mean, he does have kind of the cushion with the other one, but if they're planning on taking the other one away, that is just wrong and rude because he's doing you a favor by taking this fight. Like, he, he could at least leave him with the other belt if he, like, you know, if he loses to Derek Lewis, which I personally am not taking Derek Lewis, but you never know. This is exactly why I've said that the UFC has completely devalued what it means to be a UFC champion. It means nothing anymore. It might as well go back to the old wrestling days and call it the freaking TV title. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean what it, what it did five years ago, and it certainly doesn't mean what it did when the, when when the sport first started, let alone this, this promotion. So, I mean, take it as you, as you want with it. Like, you know, I get that as the business they need to make money, et cetera. But when you do things like that to the guys who bend over backward for your business, I just <laughs> – and, and people wonder why the numbers are down. Well, people see that. Eventually they, they see the pattern that you do and how you do things. So, yeah, the little tuning for the big fights, it's like they don't really care about these other guys because you don't invest any time for them to give them a reason to care. And then when you do give them a reason to, you, you – you shun them on on the way down or out, one way or another. Daniel looking looking like he's getting ready to get out, and look what they're doing to him. Mhm. 
But that could be another reason why they do want to, like, kind of take his stuff away because he's, he's talking about getting out. You know, in John Jones's bag, and he's, like, even though all he's, all he's done wrong, in their eyes, he's, like, almost like he can't do any wrong. Like, they just want John Jones with a belt around his waist. Same as, like, Conor McGregor. Like, they know, you know, if, if Ronda Rousey decided she'd come back tomorrow, she's like, you know what, I feel like I'm going to come back. They'd give her a title fight if she wanted one. Absolutely. I mean, I get it, but like I said, this is this is how you go about things. And I hope you know the young guys of the sport pay attention to what's going on here and what has been going on, because you can't just sit there and take it forever just because they're 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 the promotion right now. I I can't subscribe to that, nor will I ever. And maybe maybe all these big name fighters going to other promotions will change things. You know, a lot of guys going to Bellator now. One is picking people up. You know, could be. I, like I could said, be pretty I, good. I always thought that. You know, I always thought that that they, you know, the, these fighters should have these other other options, and we're starting to see good options out there. Not not just, you know, another option like good options. You know, before it was just it's just not the same. But you know, mm-hmm. you you see what's going on with 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 some of these PFL guys, and you see you know you know uh, O'Connell who who you know has probably made more money in, in in the in the last you know four months fighting for PFL than he's probably did you know his his entire career. It's crazy, right? Mhm. Yeah. You I know, just hope we, it can keep up. Other- like it's not like a couple year thing, you know. Well, no, and, and this is always the concern I had. Remember from the gate I said this. I was like, it, it's great now. It is. I, I, I love it. I just want to see if it's something that is actually sustainable. Because the thing is, you know, it, it's all well good to take care of the fighters, but also the, the people who are, who are putting that money out there, the, you know, the, 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 t- the TV deals that, that they have, if they, these people aren't happy with the numbers and they're not getting what they feel is – is is the right return? This all could get shut down and turned around real fast. Mhm. No, yeah, and then where would those fighters be? And everybody who everybody who left the UFC, you know, to go to these other promotions, if they, if they don't have any longevity, then it's like, what what do they do? Do they go back? You know, then it's like everything they stood for to leave just gets flushed. It's tough, you know. It's the tough, tough choosing what, uh, you know, what the right choice is. It's it, it's it's tough either way, regardless of what end you look at it. Like I said, you know, this is still still young sport when, when we look at the overall spectrum of things. So, you know, we just have to see what the future holds for right now, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything's tough when you have to make decisions. Also- I hate making decisions. It's like the worst. <laughs> how how are you the worst making decision and and you're and you're in um you know some type of educational teaching? Explain this one to me. Hold on, I got I got to hear this. Thing now. <laughs> I hate I hate it. I get stressed. <laughs> you don't like being put in the high pressure situations? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I don't. Nope. <laughs> but here you are doing MMA media. Mhm. 
So maybe yep. you don't, but maybe you secretly do, because obviously, you know, you want to put yourself in those situations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She was like, I don't know about that one. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't think I want to openly admit to that. That that uh, that analogy there. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. Nope. <laughs> but, you know. Also, we had the Khabib rule, and today he got uh, he got half of his monies. Um, mm-hmm. Pending the the investigation for the other half, which is completely fair in my opinion. But what do you what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by what happened. Yeah, I mean they're going to go in December, I guess, for the the real ruling. But yeah, he I mean he deserves some of his money. I don't know if they're going to do like suspensions and all the other stuff. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I guess the only thing he he should be glad of is that uh, no one was seriously injured. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, and I think you were right when when Eddie was uh, was going back and forth. It was with uh, it was with Snowden because I remember seeing him uh, him tag some uh, tag him with something the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like uh, you know, since you know, uh, looks like we're waiting for 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 Tom here for the for for the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what other fights that are coming up is really uh is is getting your your juices flowing. We're getting into the last quarter of uh of this calendar year, and uh, you know, I guess it's the uh the the last push, huh? The last push, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, UFC 231. I like want to go up to Toronto so bad to see that fight. Like everything on that card is interesting to me. Like Holloway Ortega, I really want to see Shevchenko, uh, Joanna. That is like super excited. And then you have Eric Anders finally fighting uh, Elias Theodoro, which we've been talking to him like on and off and they're all the bad blood that's going on with them and they finally get hooked up together. That's another fight I think is going to be fun. Um, the Bellator yeah, Bell one that is flying under the radar is uh, 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 Pipple and uh, Emmanuel Sanchez. I think that that one uh, uh, coming up, I think it's like the, the, the middle of November uh, should be interesting. Mm-hmm. You have the... Uh, the the Invicta uh, uh, fe- featherweight title with that young prospect uh, Felicia Spencer and Pam Sorison uh, c- coming up that that same weekend as well. I think that that that's an uh, an interesting one. You know, uh, you know, I I know everyone's hyped about that Toronto one. You get you know we we also have uh, you know uh, we were talking about that last week. Uh, uh, um, uh, Brett Primus and Brett and uh, and Chandler the, the the second fight there. Um, also, with, with the um, still in the Bellator is uh, the uh, McFarlane and Letourneau fight, the uh, for, for that flyweight title fight. Mm-hmm. That's in Hawaii, that one, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good fights um, on that card. Yeah, and as you're saying, uh, Alexander Gustafson and, and uh, John Jones to December 29th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good you one know. too. Uh, that, that same weekend, I also believe the PFL Championship is is going to be uh, be at uh, MSG too. Mhm. Yep. That's the New Year's New Year's Eve weekend, I think. Yeah. 
Yep. What about the New York, this upcoming New York card, the UFC 230? Anything striking your interest on that card? <laughs> Anything at all? I mean, there might be a few. I mean, like, you know, this is what I love about the end of the year because normally we, we get the, these other fights that, you know, we might have been able to, to, you know, they spread it out through the year. But, like, when it gets to the end of the year, like, I guess – you know, it gets it gets colder, so people are less inclined to go out, and they, and we're also, you know, uh, you know, weekends are kind of more around the TV, so we get to we get to get see some of these great matches sometimes, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, a, a fun end of the year. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some of these some of these smaller like CES uh, matchups that I'm that are just kind of like escape, escaping my mind right now. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, uh, it, the the end of the year is always fun. I also think the uh, the Holloway or Ortega one. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be interested to see. see uh, you know how Max uh, bounces back after uh, you know that, that the health scare and how amazing that that Brian has looked. Uh, you know, over his late, last few fights is uh, is, is going to be an interesting, you know, an interesting one as well. Mhm. Yeah, but. This Madison Square Garden card, I, I'm I'm interested to see how it's gonna do with buys and tickets. There's like so many tickets available still. Like the past couple of the past couple of cards in New York, even Brooklyn, uh, Madison Square Garden, like sold out so quickly. This card, this card, nobody's interested in it. There's been so many like shakeups. You know, I was looking forward to Wyman Rockhold, and then Rockhold gets hurt, and then they move, you know, Jacare up, and then you know David Branch needs a new opponent, and they like flip flop around. Um, just, you know, with the Jajar Eubanks, <laughs> they take her out of her fight, and they put her in the main event, and well, they take her out of the main event, now she's on the prelim. Jajar's going to be on that card, so he he's there. Um, Lando v- Vienna's right. fight, fighting on that, Lyman Good and, and Sultana uh, mm-hmm. uh, Um uh, yeah, Modifier and, and Eubanks are, are, are going at it again. Julio Arson and Shimon Morris should, should be a, a fun featherweight fight. I think people that one might be fine under the radar. Uh, 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 Brunson and Israel that should that should be that should be a banger as well. I think people are, 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 are sleeping on that one. Uh, uh, Jordan Rinaldi and Jason Knight like 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 I said, these are fights that like you know me it that doesn't look sexy, but I think when it all comes down to the overall. Layout of how the how the the event will go, I think, it, it, it isn't going to be that bad. And you got to think a lot of the, some of these guys are, are, are local too. You know, you got Carl Robinson, another uh, another another lo- local kid, David Branch, and, and Jared Cannonier, and uh, you know another another local guy to the area. So you know, and yeah, you know, you know the the, the it sucks we lose the 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 Weidman and Rockhold fight because of that injury, but you know. Can't really, you know, we can't really control all the, the aspects of it. It's not the, it's not like the Super Bowl of it's, every time you go to New York. It doesn't have to be the the, the biggest show that you ever put on. It, like this is what I'm talking about. Like how MMA fans have gotten stale and complacent, and what is actually really should be expected from these prom- promotions. And this is the product that the that Dana White and the UFC is kind of built on themselves. And this is why people are turning in. I think they went the wrong way with giving the fans exactly what they want. You should have done things the right way. Eventually, these fights are going to happen anyways. This is how, how the averages yeah. work out. But you want to go after the, the your the, the the money fights, so to speak, and they kind of 
you should put them on like how Dana White used to say, like 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 every once in a while when it, when the situation strikes and calls for it. Yes, that, those fights should happen. But on the overall scheme, this is why you have have people tuning out because you feel this demand to put on title fights or super fights as you want to call them, and then you you kind of you know make it to the point where unless that is going on, that the the general populace kind of tune out. You've made this monster yourself. Like you, like you just said, you were just sitting there saying that you didn't really feel like like it was a, was a strong card. I just went out and, and, and broke it down for you, right? It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Me and you know these knows all those names that, that I mentioned just from, from covering the sport as we do. But when you look at the general public, they're just going to look, oh, oh, no one's fighting. I'm not, I'm not tuning in for that one. Or oh, I'll find a way to stream, and I'm not. They're not getting my money for this one. This is pointless. But then mm-hmm. when it comes out of yeah. there's more than three fights, I could feel that that could be close. It could be back and forth, and they could be one of those th- those you know, you know, quote unquote fight of the year type candidate type fights. Yeah, it's very possible. But I'm just saying, like New- it, for New York, the past couple. The past two Madison Square Garden cards were like sold out ridiculously quick, and it, and I think a lot of it was from fans who are not necessarily even fans of the sport. They were fans of Conor McGregor. They were fans of like GSP. You know, like they just wanted the big name. And whereas now this card, I think more of like actual fans are going to be able to get tickets to it, but. I don't know how the numbers are going to go. That's just what I'm saying. I don't know how the numbers are going to be. And I don't think the past couple of pay-per-views have done very well. So it's like, I guess the end of the year, it will do enough to like that last card is going to be huge. I think to let the New Year's Eve card with Cyborg and Amanda Nunes and John Jones and all that. It's going to be definitely massive. So it's like, I hear that they're going to probably do, I think they're going to do, like, one last pay-per-view next year. I heard that somewhere. I can't remember where. But, yeah, they're going to do, like, instead of, I guess they do, like, 13, they're going to do 12 or something like that, which wouldn't hurt. I mean, you're running out of champions as it is, so. I mean, I think a, a, a reality thing is is they should knock it down to 10. You're, they already do. They, they get made money off of these TV deals that, that, that they have between what they have at Fox and what they're about to get with ESPN. They're fine. Trust me. You know, lo- mm-hmm. losing you know two to three to four pay per views a year isn't gonna. It's going to help it, considering how much fans are putting out for having to have have access to these other outlets, Fight Pass, ESPN Plus. You know, you know, with other promotions, you have other outlets you have to get. You know, you know, you know, Flow Combat. You you have to have a subscription to that, especially if you're one of these really you know hardcore you know combat sports fans. So it's like you know the the MMA fan puts out a lot of money per year, so it's losing a few pay per views isn't going to kill them. Isn't going to kill their bottom dollar. I think overall it's going to help them. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely not hurting for money. That's for sure. So I mean, don't have a. I don't have a problem with them losing some of these pay-per-views, especially because you know they're already going to recoup it on the back end and what they're doing, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to that fight anyway, so. I was going to go down to that Madison Square Garden fight, but 
I'm not going. I have a baby uh, shower that day. <laughs> I got a baby shower to go to. Well, Isn't that more exciting? <laughs> be faster to be late. Be faster to be late. It's like, it's that, it, these other media members do it. Just be faster to be late. Like, so what? Strut in there freaking 9 o'clock. Like, yep, I'm late. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on! Like, not everyone is there for the entire event. Like, 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 even if you do have life things like that, where 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 you have a friend who has a baby shower, don't don't cut yourself off from the MMA world at the end of that night when 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 you get everyone home and, and in bed <laughs> and situated, and you you're able to stroll into the garden and uh and and and, and cover MMA is kind of a beautiful thing. It's your it's 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 our uh, our home away from home to get away from the the daily nonsense. Yeah, I don't know if I have that much clout yet to like just be strutting in at nine o'clock. <laughs> like, oh, fan side is here. What's I'm up? I'm gonna get lost, but who freaking cares? Like, so what? I had things in life that kept me from being on here on time. So what? I'm like, not the first one to do it. My best friend's having a baby. <laughs> oh my god! Exactly. My friend is having a don't, baby. Don't Come on. Don't 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 let what, what people's opinions of you stop you from uh from 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 doing something like that. Shit, I wouldn't care. You know, hell, I know you, you don't wouldn't. know like traffic. Your car broke down. People don't know what, 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 why you're late. As as long as you're not going in there like you know like half shot in the ass drunk or something, you should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, catch the next one, I guess. <laughs> Oh, because that means you haven't filled out credentials. That's what that's what you're telling me right now. Yeah, well, yeah, it's too late anyway now, but yeah. I get the next one, I guess. As long as it's not February, bring that. And then um, some other stuff. Um, basically, after um, uh, Amanda Serrano's last um, Combat America's fight, she basically just said that she's completely done with boxing after this latest matchup. She's doing one more one more boxing match, and she's concentrating strictly on MMA. Oh yeah. Now, do you really feel the pay scale is that 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 far off from what women is in boxing and what women is in MMA? That that Amanda Serrano, who who is basically like you know. Ruling freaking women's boxing with an iron fist right now is going to walk away from mixed martial arts. I, I yeah, I think it is. I think that women in boxing aren't getting nearly what they're getting in MMA. I don't know about you know she's fighting for combate, so I don't know exactly, but yeah. Hey man, well you got to think she has a very 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 big strong. Uh, Latin American following, and that is exactly what plays into the, that well with with what's going on with, with Combate. So, I mean, yeah, if I was her, I would definitely not have a problem with uh, with walking away. Considering if they're taking care of her, and, and that means, and you know, uh, I'll be with with, um, with 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 um, Campbell over there run, running the show, and you know, he, with the part that he already played in building the, the UFC, you know, yeah, they may be a specifically targeted market of combat sports, but he was smart enough to to target the largest market. I mean, you can argue what you want, but you know, combat sports and and the uh, the the uh, 
the Latin heritage is is, is uh, I think probably the the largest strongest fan base for for combat sports period wouldn't you say yeah yeah i agree i mean you i mean think, they're doing you know, very you know, well i think especially when we talk about boxing like 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 let's take mma out of for a second you, when we talk about boxing the 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 Mexican and the and the Latin American fans when it comes to boxing is is is, is close to craziness like what what it is with soccer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, so I mean, if she's being taken care of like that, I mean, bravo, man, bravo to the the Cabatas for for being able to to pull. Uh, a, a town of her caliber, and and Bravo to her to, to for to you know uh, you know so far is looking like she's uh she's having a strong transition with a submission in her last fight. What do you think? I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about that. I, I mean, I, I'm sure you're able to at least uh, get the uh, cliff notes of that so far, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's looking good in MMA, especially, and then also it's like the um the damage to your body too right isn't boxing like way worse like it can you know for the head and all this other stuff like way worse on your body than mma i've heard that in many different things so then like longevity wise you know it might be it may be better in that sense too i mean yeah if she's already made her mark like listen you know she's she's in the record books for a, a lot of that stuff for, for uh for the women for the women's boxing and and kind of you know uh the the number of title belts and, and all that is it's just it's just on another level. So if you can get out now before you 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 start to put that that hard mileage on on your combat sports body and transfer it over to MMA, and if she's able to actually you know uh, uh, you know get a good strong grasp and development not only in her kicking game but uh, her grappling game as well, and able to to See that's the beauty part about it is is her uh, her footwork and you know her head movement is going to be on another level where where some MMA fighters may not be quite there so she might have that advantage there I think she would she also could, you know still still being you know uh, you know you know you know a fairly young athlete that you know she still has that speed so if she's able to 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 harness that and you know with with you know the the people she got around her the teams that she's working with the people that she's got. I mean, who's to sit there and say that that she she couldn't be a full blown superstar in less than two years? Yeah, absolutely. She I mean, kind of already is. Like she's like, she's like probably the most well known in, in that organization. But, yeah, like it's just it's getting to the point with that where. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see see how these athletes wind up, you know, making a name for themselves outside of the UFC right now. We'll, we'll see if, if some of the stuff can be done. You know, we're, we're talking about, like, you know, how athletes are moving. We'll, we all also have to see these promotions to be able to develop these other stars as well at the at the same quality level as what the UFC is doing to see if they, there is, you know, you know sustainable – you know, uh, big time success outside of the UFC. I think it's it, it could speak volumes for you know what could happen move forward as a sport in, in general. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm because I'm not hearing from Tom. Just like I'm gonna text Brian just to give him a heads up because he said he wanted me to text him to remind him. <laughs> Hit up whenever, whenever he's ready. It's, uh, 
Imagine, no, uh, imagine he doesn't we, come on either. We, 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 we were the girl left, left standing on the porch on prom night. Thank you, Tom. We love you. Anyway, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, man. But I guess while you wait, wait to do that, I'll, I'll just throw a commercial up real fast and we'll come back in a minute. All right. Sounds good. Halcyon Float, Philly's only float spa. Floating is a relaxation and therapeutic technique that uses sensory deprivation to achieve a deepened meditative state. Halcyon special isolation tanks will make you feel as if you are literally floating. Located at 209 West Girard Avenue in Philadelphia. Open Tuesday through Friday 10 to 10, Saturday 8 to 10, Sunday 8 to 8. For more information, visit Halcyon Floats on Facebook or call 215-279-7607 Halcyon Floats, Philadelphia's only float spa. All right. Anything on Brian yet? <laughs> Not yet. So I'm waiting. I have I haven't heard any ego jokes out of you yet. I've been waiting to hear it yet. <laughs> I'm in no position to be joking. <laughs> Y'all got your quarterback. What is what is wrong with you? Uh, you know, yeah. it should be the same situation. Situation we felt after we dra- drafted Wentz, we, and and the funny part is, I, I you know I hear people sitting there saying like, oh, Wentz just hasn't had it this year. I'm like, his freaking numbers are better than it was last year. What are you talking about? You guys got the quarterback. Yeah. You know, I keep telling everyone like, when you after you get the quarterback, take care of your line. Once you take care of your line, everything else falls into place. And I kind of feel that's where what's been going going wrong with the Eagles this year. The line play hasn't been where it was. They they haven't been able to convert those 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 third those third and longs where where they were last year. They're not getting off the ball. They don't have have quite have the running game. I, I said it at the beginning of the year. I thought losing with Garrett Blunt will probably be the biggest blow that this team had, and I, I it's starting to look that way. You're missing to be able to have him to wear teams down, and you know the third fourth quarters, and being able to open things up so Wentz can throw the ball down the field. It's just not there this year. So you know, either way, like. I gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the Evan it's the Evan Flow football. And the crazy thing is the way our division is, we're we aren't out of it. But even your team, like listen, I, I keep telling you, just you got the quarterback now. Let, let everything else fall into place. You know. Mm-hmm. You guys haven't overspent yeah. and, and got burned on, on any free agencies. Take your time. I keep telling everyone everyone wants to nail, 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 nail. Like like I keep hearing everyone like, Oh, go go trade for 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 Bell, I'm like, why would I go trade for freaking Bell right now? He's a rental. We're not going to be able to sign him next year. We have like three to four players we have to sign, and Carson's uh, c- contracts will be up at the end of next year. We're going to need extra money to sign him. So why am I going to go after Bell when the running back isn't the guy that you really need right now? So that's one thing you got you got to love about it, you know. <laughs> mhm. 
I mean, it's not like – being a Jets fan, I'm used to losing. So, it's like if they win a couple games here and there, like they strung two wins in a row, it's like, yeah, that's good enough for me for now. Like, especially we know, like, you know, it's it's Sam Darnold's first year. He's going to be – it's like a growing year for him. He's, you know, he's getting getting the feel of everything, and, you know, it's the first year in the majors. So, it's not like – not like I'm getting like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. You know, it's not like that. And plus I'm like kind of even not even that interested in like watching the games all that much right now. Like the weather was still warm. It's like when like in the midst of like the winter when it starts to get cold and it's like, you know, football Sundays and everybody comes over and we hang out. It's like, yeah, then I'm like a little bit more interested. But even this year, I'm not like putting all my money on like them winning anything really. So it's like. You take it or leave it. If they win a couple, it's like, oh, that's exciting. That's good. Especially for my son. Like, he's like, are they winning? I'm like, no. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. You know, my, my son's been doing that this year. Are they winning? I'm like, no, nope, they're not winning today. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's the beauty part about being a sports fan. And, and it's the one thing I love about watching NFL. It's 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 just how things change so quickly. It's the same thing that when we watch in MMA, like, you know, Someone's on top, and and you think that that they're going to continue their winning ways, and just you know, one thing after another happens, and it's just you know things don't go as you plan, and you know, you wind up with uh, with uh, unexpected outcomes <laughs> in in football, just like we see you know the the crazy decisions with uh you know we have these back and forth matchups. Could you imagine that? Like if football wasn't uh, put that on an actual score that there was like judges to see who won the game. The craziness mm-hmm. that would go on with uh, with the fan bases. <laughs> you know what? Actually, now that you just mentioned that, I was watching just before. I was watching uh, uh, Kelly Slater was on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know who Ke- Kelly Slater is the surfer. The surfer, right? Yeah, he was on with Joe Rogan. They were talking about like how in surfing, like the judges, it's like all on like. Um, like their impression of the person that rode the wave. Like there's no like set scoring. It's just like how they think they did. Like imagine like fighting was like that. Cause that's, he was asking Joe Rogan about that. He's like, imagine if fighting was just like the judges got to just pick like who they thought was better. Like there's no like actual points. And it's like, kind, and Joe was like, it kind of is like that. Like there's like people, like they, the judges sometimes come up with the craziest things. Like, what were you watching? Like, were you watching the same fight I was watching? Like, if they just, like, thought, like, oh, his style is cooler, and he, like, you know, he, I seem like he did better, and then he just won. Like, that, that would be insane. It's, like, kind of is. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that. But I'm just saying that the craziness of, of, of you know, uh, of all the sports that, that, that we have. But, like, you know, MMA is just, uh, is just kind of really getting its footing in there. Um and uh, the 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 flow of of uh, what the uh, the everyday sports fan want changes as well. You know, you know some someday you know you know we, we get our MMA topics, and then you know the NBA season is just kicked off. So you know everyone's starting to uh, uh, make the LeBron and Kobe comparisons already, and it's freaking driving me nuts. I'm like, oh my god, we're freaking three games into the season, we're already starting this nonsense. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm tuning basketball off until until at least the All Star game. <laughs> um, you know, especially when you have to deal with shock jocks like freaking uh, like that gets shoved down our throat, like the Colin Cowherds of the world and uh, the Skip Baylesses of the world. I mean, we got our own with with Ariel, but I mean, 
I mean, they just have so many of it when it comes to the, the overall scheme of, of, of general, um, you know, uh, media coverage for sports. Can you imagine, like, if, if you add, like, uh, the, the circus show that they have with, with some of these other sports in the MMA, how how, uh, how crazy some of these, <laughs> these fighters would probably get? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bad enough people don't really care for Hawani like that. Can you imagine, like, four of them and, and these fighters have to deal with them on a regular basis? Yeah, that would be – it would be interesting. <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to take a bet to see how long it would take it to one of them wound up, uh, uh, you know, you know, challenging them to like, uh, you know, some some Andy Kaufman type like, uh, you know, like wrestling event or something or or charity thing or something like that, just to uh, to kind of uh, you know bury the hatchet would be kind of funny to to see if something like that, you know. Mhm. And we and then we're already we were talking about the trades earlier. We're getting ready to, for the NFL trade deadline, so that should should be interesting. But what um, World Series? You got to play on that one. Dodgers. I'm going. Sox. Yeah, of course I'm going Dodgers. I'm a Yankees fan. I can't root for Boston. Kidding me? <laughs> oh come on! They were the freaking doormat of the freaking your guys' division forever. As much as y'all Good. have a hatred for each other. You can't tell me you would honestly like to see the Dodgers win it as much as y'all have gone head to head over over the years and and them have taken titles from you. You guys should have won. Can't tell me that. Anybody, anybody but Boston. That's oh the way it goes. It goes God. Yankees, then anybody but Boston. That's how it goes. That's why I, that's the same thing. I can never root for the Patriots either. It's like, nope, sorry. Anybody but the Patriots. Anybody but Red Sox. <laughs> The were, were a New York team, so they should be just as much as a. I think they should be more of a rival than than the, the Sox. You got they were the nope. doormat of that league for the better part of fifty years. Are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> oh my God, those are yeah. That's just, that's like the the Eagles fans I make fun of when when they sit there trying to tell me that the biggest rival is the Cowboys. It's like no, the biggest rival is the Cowboys fans. <laughs> we don't like the Giants. That's our real rival. Right. And speaking of rivals, what is your what is your all time favorite MMA rivalry? Take out the last <gasps> five years. You, anything I, that's so funny you mentioned that. That's so funny you mentioned I mean, that because I actually what? I'm writing an oh, article about article that right now. Movie. I'm writing an article on that right now. Is that so funny? Yeah, seriously, Fansided just hit me up and they wanted me to do an article of the like a slideshow of the twenty biggest MMA rivalries ever. So I can't give it away. I have to write it back. <laughs> I can't even give it out or because she's about to go viral with it. That's so funny. Alright. No. BJ Penn. Matt Hughes has to be in the top five. I don't care what anyone says. Mm, I don't know. I can't say. It has to be. I don't think I have that in my top five. I think I have that, if I'm giving you a little bit of a hint here, I had that at number, uh, I don't know, where's my list? It was like in the teens, <laughs> honestly. 
Jeez, oh no, that's an insult. <laughs> I demand a freaking recam. All right, Tell you me sent you Brian's number to you. He got what? back to me. I just sent Brian's number to you. Sorry. <clears throat> That's funny. We were, we, I was on, on your wavelength to the point that I was literally talking up the article you're just about to write. <laughs> Crazy. Who would have freaking thought that one? <laughs> That's freaking nuts. All right, and we are being joined by our guest for the evening. He is UFC Bantamweight, Mr. Brian Boom Kellenhart. Brian, how are we doing this evening, brother? I'm good, man. How's everything going? I'm good. I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, recovering from the uh, shoulder surgery, just uh, starting to get full range without any real pain now. So should be able to start start doing some more things and then get the other shoulder looked at. <laughs> There you go, man. Yeah, that, that's good. It, it always sucks dealing with an injury. You know, it's not easy. Well, I've been I've been dealing with it for a while. It's just fighting the insurance companies the way their freaking medical system is now, and trying to get it taken care of is <sighs> jumping through hoops, making you have to go to this person, this the person they wind up sending you clothes is you have to go find another one, start the whole process all over again. Where it already took you a year to get to that point. It's freaking, it's nuts, man. So, you know. Yeah, that sounds that sounds yeah, I had crazy. A torn labrum, uh, torn rotator cuff, and bone spurs cleaned out. And apparently, like you know, my my left one is just as bad. So I'm probably expecting at least half, if not the same, result from the other side when I get working on that. Yeah, I'm sorry Fun. to hear that, man. That sucks. I, I I've been I, fortunate you know, in my career. You didn't play. Uh, you know, organized sports. You freaking played in freaking the the playgrounds and freaking fields on your own time without the proper equipment. You wind up getting things hurt and injured, and you just kind of went through life without it. So you get banged up. You know, I'm almost I'm I'm, I'm closing on forty. So I'm, you know, I can only imagine what you guys are gonna gonna, gonna be like in ten fifteen years, man. I know. I, I I'm hoping for the best, but you never know. You know, you can't <laughs> tell what the future holds. So I mean, I try to train yeah. smart. I try to take recovery serious but uh there's you know the 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 toll that this takes you, i guess you you won't really know until until you stop and that and that's another thing I'm, i i want to get your opinion on this like you know everyone has their take you know we're we're starting to get real, uh, a lot closer to this whole uh Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz fight uh you know a lot of people have some opinions on that you know, Chuck retired from a time, looked real bad at at some point in time. T- Tito's kind of freshly retired, but didn't look too he didn't look too terrible over his last last few years fighting. 
you know, both of them probably have, you know, their or their best days are, are clearly beyond them. Maybe they still have something left. I mean, doesn't that concern you that, you know, you know, you see these guys who are superstars in the sport, they don't really have anything to prove. Yeah, that's a rivalry there, but, you know, you worry about, like, other guys that are going to be in, you know, your era be like that and, and kind of, you know, being that the sport is their only outlet for for you know sustainable income for for the future is, isn't a good thing, and this is why I always tell everyone like, like you guys need need you know Plan B on top of what, what fighting can do for your future, and you know you y- you have to find other ways to use this platform this this time that you guys have in this sport to uh, to to maximize your 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 brand, I guess. Yeah, I agree, man. I think you you really have to try to take advantage of things while the you know while uh, you're you're in the process of of making a name for yourself and your name is out there and you have a lot of exposure. You know that's not going to be there forever. So you got to kind of take advantage of it while it is here and try to make your connections and do a good job of networking and try to figure out what it is that you're passionate about outside of fighting, which I think is the hardest thing because. Fighting is something, especially at the highest level, it's something that takes all of your focus, all of your dedication, a lot of sacrifice. And what happens is I think a lot of fighters, including myself, we fall into this, this you know, isolation of fighting is everything and nothing else matters. And I think after so many years of that, after it's all said and done, you, you feel lost. You know, like, where, where do I go from here? How do I... How do I find the same excitement that I get from fighting? How do I figure out what else I'm passionate about when that was the one thing that I loved for so many years of my life? Well, we already know what you're going to be doing. Brian's going to going to going to be like the, the best forty year old rapper that that no one has ever heard when when he finally retires. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, man. I'm like. I'm like I'm like I'm scrambling around for exactly what we're talking about. Like, what am I doing after this? What could I do now to try to help build my future? And like, I know music is just a whole nother dream. It's not something that's really reasonable, but I feel I have a talent, and I write every day. I have a lot of stuff written down. Uh, I would like to publish all of my writing and try to, uh, you know, eventually get into the studio and really link up with a legit producer. Like, have you ever and, linked up with anyone musically just to kind of, like, kind of, like, talk back back and forth just to kind of put ideas together, maybe see if, you know, you can connect with someone locally that, that you could probably, uh, you know, kind of work on some stuff in the studio on, like, you know, downtime in between fights or something like that? I'm in the process of doing so. I'm trying to reach out to people and see, you know, what's the right fit for me and where I should go to to really work on a project, you know, to work on a full mixtape or a full album where I can actually put a project out there to the people that are my fans and the people who follow me while I'm still fighting in, in the UFC as an active fighter. I think it's important that I start taking the music serious now and really try to make my connections as I go because, you know, I, I, I write every day and I, I'm passionate about it. I love music and, you know, I grew up in music with my dad. He plays guitar and sings and my grandpa played the trumpet and he was in like an orchestra band. So I've been around music my whole life. So I really want to uh, start uh, taking it more serious. Maybe you can write your own walkout song too and then you can get that played while you're walking. You can combine the two. 
fighting and music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good idea. I think that's actually, like, a really good start to getting my rap stuff out there, you know, getting getting it more well-known. I feel like the UFC will jump on that if they realize, like, if I tell them, listen, I wrote this song that I'm coming out to, I want, you know, maybe the, the, the commentators would mention it when I walk out, and that could get people's attention. Yeah, probably, because I know Anderson Silva walked out to a song that his son wrote, I think, pretty, uh, when he was in Brooklyn, I know he did, and they mentioned it, and, you know, he got, like, he put it on his Instagram afterwards and everything. Yeah, that's what it is, man. It's all about having the right, uh, that right networking, you know, I mean, obviously Tyrone Woodley just came out with some music and, you know, mm-hmm. when, when your cat received an important uh, update, when, it must restart. When you're, It'll be ready again shortly. Uh, this thing going off in my room. My Amazon tab's flipping right now. <laughs> <laughs> it started talking to me during the interview. No, I like w- with the music, I feel like with Tyrone Woodley, you know, he became a world champion, so he has the biggest platform available to to get what he wants and he met you know he linked up with Wiz Khalifa and big name rappers and he got himself into a studio and linked up with the right people and I feel like that's really what it takes you know I, I, I'm not going to say Tyrell Woodley sounds like the best rapper in his song and you know it, it's like there's so much talent out there it's hard to really really uh, stand out these days but I feel like I could do a little bit of both. I could rap. I could sing. If I could just get the right production, it could sound a lot more legit. I just do it on my phone, you know. Hey, man, like I said, if, if you're able to kind of, you know, as you're going along, just make that happen. But also, like, you never know. Like, maybe that is what you actually do. You actually, like, you know, become like a, a you know, producer to kind of, you know, find some of this raw talent to kind of give them opportunities like that. Maybe that's what what you wind up doing as you as you walk away from the sport and also, you know, you know, being able to, to you know, when you feel inspired to be able to put something out there. Maybe that, that that's what wind up coming of this. You never know, man. Sometimes, you know, the, you know, your one dream becomes another dream becomes the thing that, 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 that is what you really love. You never know. Well man. yeah, exactly. And, and I'm just trying to do what I love really that's the goal and i'm trying to do something i'm passionate about and um it's uh it's hard because you want to prepare for life after fighting but you also don't want to accept and think about it you know you 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 don't want to really think about fighting being over while you're still in the prime of your career i think that's what makes it really difficult and especially if you're in actual training for a fight, like a lot of your time and your concentration has to be on the fight coming up too. So it's like you kind of have to be selfish in that way too. Hundred percent. I I think you put so much time in, so much uh, dedication, and it, and it drains everything out of you. You know how how much uh, physical work you got to do, uh, including the mental too, leading up to a fight. It's just like it's very draining. So to actually have the energy to want to focus on other things in the meantime is, is pretty difficult as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that too because I mean we talk about it a lot on here and the mental aspect of it. But like how you know it must be mentally draining and stressful to get ready for a fight as it is. But then when you lose your first opponent and you get another opponent, like how how does that affect your training camp? Like you have to start a little from scratch. Like do you have to like mentally prepare for somebody else now? Because I know it just happened to you. 
Uh, you know what? To be honest, the change of opponent really didn't do anything to me. I, I feel like it, there's more deeper stuff than that that, that is uh, harder to deal with. But the, the change of opponent's not really much of a big deal to me because I just feel like you're going to have to fight everyone anyways. And it actually worked out to an extent because both of these guys were taller, southpaws. So, you know, it's not like it was a complete difference in styles. Um, I think the first guy I was matched up, Domingo, had a little bit more, uh, you know, well-rounded jiu-jitsu skills. That was the only real difference. But, um, you know, just the mental game all in all is is a battle. You know, it's like uh, coming off a big loss, uh, what you really believe about in yourself and having to face, you know, the facts that, you know, it didn't turn out the way that you truly manifested it or believed it. And then you have to find acceptance in that. And then you have to still carry the confidence that you carried before any of that into every single fight. And uh, that's really more of the battle than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like I was thinking too, you know, the UFC, obviously there's been injuries, but the, I think more often now than they have in past years, they've kind of been doing like the switcheroo kind of like they'll pull somebody from another fight to match them up with this one. And then they like have to hustle to find somebody to fill in for that position. So like, is that in the back of like your mind as a fighter now? Like they could just pull somebody whenever they feel like it, or they could switch around or they can move to another card. Or is it more like, kind of like that's probably not going to happen. You know, it's definitely a possibility. It seems like they're playing musical chairs out here these days, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think that it's really unpredictable, and I think just being prepared for everything is the key. You know, not really overthinking it too much, not really being obsessed with exactly what your opponent brings to the table, but more focused on yourself and what you want to do. And just focus on yourself and getting better every day as a mixed martial artist as a whole in every area of martial arts. So, like, if you can focus on that, then you won't have to worry so much about who it is that you're fighting and what style they bring and how they might fight you. And to be honest, either way, every opponent, every fight is different. Every style is different. So this guy might have fought his last opponent differently than he's going to fight me. You know, so so that's how I look at it. I, I don't really get too locked into like what might happen or what might might this guy do in the fight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, you are coming off of the loss. Do you, do you change anything up after that? Like in your training camp or do you, do you add anything? Do you take anything away? Uh, you know, it, it, it's more mental things that I have to work on, but physically I feel like I, I, I train as hard as anybody out there. I, I put my time in. I do the extra runs, the extra sprint work, swim work, you know, everything that you could possibly do. I'm putting in all that extra work. But, you know, uh, I, I've been doing a lot more jujitsu at 10th Planet in Smithtown. Those guys have been helping me a lot. But it's hard to know exactly why you lost the fight and what needs to be worked on. It could just be that the guy was better that night. You know, it it could be simplified or it could be a whole bunch of things that went wrong. And you kind of have to figure that out. And I think for me, kind of like what I was saying before, is just like get better everywhere. Get better with your, your, your speed. Get better with your striking, your movement, your head movement. Uh, your wrestling, takedown defense. But you just got to be well-rounded with everybody these days and prepared for anything. 
Mm-hmm. And this next fight coming up is close to home, so that must be good for you. I mean, you fought in New York before, but this is Madison Square Garden. Is it like uh, added excitement or stress or pressure, or is it just like completely just awesome? You're happy to be fighting in Madison Square Garden? No, it's cool. It's got its pros and its cons, but, you know, for me, I, I don't enjoy flying you know, especially long flights while cutting weight and having to deal with the the water retention and all that. Uh, I prefer to be in a more comfortable state, cutting weight at home. I know all the gyms around where I can get good workouts in and, and, and the sauna, the hot tub, and all that stuff. So it makes it a little bit easier as far as that goes. Um, as far as the fans go, fighting in front of my fans is definitely – uh, an honor for me. I, th- I think it's exciting to be able to perform in front of the people who really love you and support you. Uh, but it really doesn't matter in the end. Once I get in the cage, I have no clue where or what arena I'm in or what state I'm in. Once I'm in the cage, it's just me and the other guy, and, and, and it's just kind of, you know, tunnel vision from there. So. Yeah, but it's definitely got to be fun to be able to fight in your backyard like that. I, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's hard, but also kind of make, make makes it easy too, where you don't have to worry about the the whole logistical side of everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not fighting in like a big title fight where I have like hundreds and thousands of fans that are, you know, that are all on top of it, you know, trying to hit me up and see, you know, when's the fight, blah blah. blah. But I, you know. But fighting at home is, is uh, it's it's good and and bad. I I feel like there it's what you make of it. You can either let the the pressure be a thing, or you can let it just be a, an exciting thing where you're like, I'm happy to be home. This is where I live. This is where I'm from. I get to perform in front of my people, and you know it's really all about your perspective. Speaking of perspective, I want to get your opinion on something, man. Craziness is about to go down with this whole trade in mixed martial arts i feel like we're we're, we're coming into a new age is, it, is this going to become a new thing where we we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna trade off fighters from, from promotion <laughs> you know i don't know this this is like a this is history right here this has never really been done so it's it's really interesting uh i think there's a lot of factors going into it obviously there's been talks about the 125 pound division being wiped out which kind of sucks i kind of feel bad for the small guys you know it's not their fault that they're built the way that they're built and they're following this dream and they have this passion. They're putting all the work in and now they're about to get stripped of the opportunity to be in the UFC. Uh, But I also think it opens up a possibility for the 165 pound division if that happens. And I think that could be maybe a better business move as far as the UFC goes. Uh, But, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, the trade's pretty interesting. They're looking to take Ben Askren and give away Demetrius Johnson uh, but it also could just be a, a thing where uh, Demetrius is, is you know, trying to renegotiate for a new deal, and they're not really – they don't hold a lot of value in him because he's not a big star and doesn't bring in a lot of numbers. So for the UFC, they're looking at it as just a business move, you know. Maybe it's a one-time thing. Who knows? Well, I mean, obviously, like logistically, the the contracts would have to be bought out. They'd become free agents, and obviously, they would go go walk and go sign with these other promotions. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, you know, you're, you, I mean, you're a bantamweight. This is this is uh, directly going to affect you, man. Your your division will get deeper from the, from this move. You know, if there's a flyweight that you would love to get matched up with, if that were to happen, who who, who would you say like, hey, I'll take that fight. That should be fun. Huh, let's see. Um... 
That's a, that's an interesting thought. I, I actually didn't even think of it like that, but you're right. A lot of these guys are going to come up to 35 now, and, you know, I'm not the biggest 35-er, so it's not like they're going to have to deal with big size discrepancy with me. But uh, I already saw Sergio Pettis was matched up. He would be somebody I would like to fight. He has an exciting style. I think he's fighting Rob Font. So, uh, you know, that would be one yeah. guy. Um, another guy who who is really good is that guy. He he he, uh, he just fought him. He actually just beat Sergio Pettis. What's his name again? You you know? No, I can't. I can't get it off the top of my head. He's from, he's from American Top Team. I I forget his his last name. He's Really solid jujitsu though. But there's a bunch of guys now. Um, honestly, I'm just willing to fight anybody. And at this point, it, it, it's it's kind of weird for me because I fought Burrell and then I fought Lineker, and I, I lost to Lineker. But I think I had a decent performance. You know, I I, I had a lot, I showed a lot of heart and toughness in there. And um, now now they have me fighting a, a new guy. So I don't know where they 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 have me in their heads, but hopefully I can get this win and and try to make my way back in the top fifteen and 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 get myself back in relevancy. I think you'll be you'll be relevant again, man. You know, sometimes you know uh, think you know it, it, it's tough in there. I, I say I say it all the time. They say football is a game of inches, and I sit there and say that that MMA is more of a game of inches than people ever realize because you know. If you step step right this way or wrong that way, you want to you know fall into to a trap that your opponent's setting, or you know you're trying to circle away from a punch like like what happened to uh, Vic. I, I say to this day that 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 uh, that that Gagey nailed him down with footwork and ma- made him. He was trying to loop out and just kind of like like kind of fade away from the punch, wound up walking into the cage, and 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 Justin just put it right on his chin and put him out. And if, yeah, if he man. if he if he, if he had another inch or two two to move, may it not have been a knockout. They said they say the result would have been different, but that's what I mean. How MMA is just as so much of the game of inches that as you would in in football and hockey and any other sport or whatever. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. There's really not much room for error, you know. So, like I say, you just got to be prepared for everything. And and realistically, all that matters is that 15 minutes, and you just got to be so sharp in there. And uh, yeah, it's really who just who wants it more. Sometimes that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's skill plus plus you know your 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 mental ability plus also the passion that you have in in, in yourself. Sometimes not the the best the, the best you know uh, technical guy wins. Sometimes the guy who who is able to push through. Uh, through some of those big shots and able to 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 you know uh, get their guy off their game plan enough to to be able to, to to be able to overcome whatever that they put out there. It's it's crazy how the littlest things mean so much in the sport. Sometimes it's it's it, it's kind of fun fun to see how it all plays out. Yeah, man, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Now I know uh, Nikki said you were on a you 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 were only going to give us a, a few minutes here. Uh, Nikki, anything you want to add before uh, we wrap it up? Um, let's see. I wanted to ask about the fight card in general for New York. It's been through a bunch of changes. Obviously, we know we have a last minute uh, headliner, and people were upset with you know putting the the females on top of the card. Now we have uh, 
Daniel Cormier against uh, Derek Lewis headlining the card. What fight are you looking forward to most? Like after your fight's done, what are you going to be looking forward to watching on the rest of that card? You know, I was I was so disappointed when the Poirier and Diaz fight fell through because that was the one mm-hmm. fight right there that I was like, man, I can't wait to sit back and watch that after and just just uh, maybe even get to like to meet those guys after. I'm a big Diaz fan, you know. It would have been cool to to meet Nate after and uh, and uh, you know see what he's all about. Maybe, maybe roll up something. You never know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I. Other than that, I, I think the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, is hilarious. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. he has much of a shot with DC. I, th- I think, uh, you know, uh, he has a power shot where he can catch him, but I think DC is just uh, way more of a grinder style, and Derek Lewis have sh- has shown signs of, of fading early in fights, so it's going to be hard to deal with DC's pressure and, and his wrestling game. But, of course, I'm going to be looking out for that fight just to see if Derek Lewis can pull off something crazy, you know, within the first round, first or second round. And uh, who knows? You never know. He might try to steal that Brock fight after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy. Like, after what, after the, the fights that he's had and, and been almost looked like he was done and out and, and knocked out Volkov, whatever, for, you know, like, uh, after that, that third round, whatever, when he finished on the ground, like, now he comes back, beats DC. What a story that would be if he could pull this off. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, lately he's kind of been like that cardiac kid type of fighter, man. Like, it looked like he, he's having these bad performances, and then, you know, he winds up snatching the, the, the victory out of the jaws of defeat for, for somehow. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like he ha- he's very good at, like, finding your chin. Like, he has good accuracy, and he always has that power, whether he's gassed out or not. So, it's like, he's always a threat. And, like, some people were saying, like, they think he kind of baits guys. And I could see that, where, like, he almost kind of pretends he's, like, more hurt than he is. And then he catches you coming yeah, in. Yeah, like, like, you haven't seen anyone play possum in a sport like that, but I, I, I wouldn't put him past him, like, as, as you know, years later we, we go back and revisit and people talk to me. Like, I was just, you know, I was just playing my part, man. I was letting people, letting people think that I was this or I was that. Not to sit there and say that he wasn't generally getting tired, but maybe he was playing it up a little bit more than he was to kind of get guys to act out of character to try to catch them. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think that's a bad move, you know. That, that's a smart move on his point if he is tired, but he knows he has that power in his right hand. If he can draw guys in to get close enough to him where they, they think he's hurt and they start getting reckless to go finish him, that opens up, you know, possibilities to, get, to, to land something. So not a bad idea. I mean, I think yeah. You know, if you really think about it, like more fighters are kind of play into that. Like where 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 you 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 play up that you're hurt or you're tired a little bit more to kind of get the, the those type of situations where guys rush in and try to try to put you away and and get them to overcommit on something and and, and catch them on your own thing. I mean, we see it happen like how many times. Yeah, well, not just Rocky, the Rocky, Rocky did that. But look how many times it happens in the sport where guys get hurt, they rush in and they get clipped and knocked out. The you know Pat Barry Chicago, uh, uh, Scott Smith, Pete Sell. We've seen it so many times. I mean, granted, some of those yeah. situations, these guys are legitimately hurt, but you see it happen. So why not? Why not placate to that situation to get the, the reaction so you play into your strength? 
If they're already yeah, running I at mean, you and you already have power, that's you know that's uh, you know somebody's go, going to sleep type type situation. So do it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, to have that awareness in a fight to be able to pull something like that off on purpose is pretty impressive because. You know, you're you're in a fight. Your your adrenaline's kicking. It's, you don't you don't have much time to be thinking about baiting somebody on purpose. Like, but if you could do yeah. that, like, that's pretty smart. You know. Derek Lewis all but called like a timeout in that last fight. He was like, "Oh my god! Like, hold on, I need a minute." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Let me bend over and just catch my breath. Hold up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then he's sitting there saying, uh, what, his balls were on fire or something? Like, this guy cracks me yeah. up. I love him. <laughs> yeah, that was Oh, my thing. God, he's so funny. That, that got him a title shot. Yeah. That line got I, him that title shot, really. <laughs> it's amazing how you can gain such a following from just saying something stupid, you know? And, like, Rogan yeah. kind of helped him out. And he, he gained so I'm many followers. Like, everyone goes into this whole thing of, of playing playing the uh, the bad boy to try to, try to get people following. But, dude... People respond more to laughter than they than they do fake hatred any day of the week. You get somebody to laugh, that automatically like, yo, that's my favorite fighter now. That 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 dude is fun. If you <laughs> like like like, you got to think about it. Chael wasn't Chael until he started playing that character. Everyone knew oh, yeah. who Chael was before, but he started to to play on this other side of this person who he was, and all of a sudden he's he's. He's an instant, you know, no fan favorite. He has this cult following now, etc. It's all about how you present yourself. If you know him sitting there talking about how 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 you know he was gonna he was gonna go get Ronda, that's what started this whole this whole thing with him. If you could sit there oh, and say yeah. these awkwardly funny statements after your fights, what it's working for him. He was sitting yeah, there man, saying he, he's that, not even—he wasn't even a white belt in jujitsu not even a year ago. Come on, people, think about that one for yeah. a second. <laughs> I know, man. He—he he, he knows what to say. It's hilarious. And you gotta give him credit for that because some some people they, they don't they, they don't they they're not able to pull that off. Well, yeah, it, it, you you have to kind of stay within your character to some extent. It's hard to like just completely be fake. But the thing about this game is. People either love you or they hate you, and if you can figure out a way to get people just interested in either one of those emotions, they're going to want to watch you either lose or, or win, and both of those are just as powerful. Like Colby Covington, so many people want to see that guy get knocked out, but all those people are going to tune in now, and that's how you know he's going to build this following and make more money. I mean, it's the... Uh... The interesting to say just that, you know how the uh, the ebb and flow of the sport works out. You know, regardless if it's you know we were just talking. She was about you know how how you make it, and it's almost like anymore you have to be the bad boy or the pretty girl. And I still think there's there's room for for, for those people in the gray area. They just have to find the right situation, the right group of people to kind of connect with and 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 kind of galvanize who they are. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's hard, too, in the moment. Like, just like the fight, I mean, to think right after the fight, you know, you win a fight, you're you're just so happy it's done. You're just uh, filled with this relief. And then you get the microphone in your face, and, and, and now it's time to, to promote yourself and say, all, say whatever you need to say to make that, that microphone time worth it. 
And, you know, that's hard in itself because you got to be, you got to be aware of all the things you wanted to say before the fight, after the fight, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, because sometimes you guys don't always have the most clearest mind after having somebody punch you in the head for 15 minutes or, you know, hopefully less than that if you're able to to have the fight go go your way uh, on on an easier night. But still, it's, uh. It's not as easy as everyone makes it. It makes it out to be, and uh, you know the, the the sport is just so unforgiving. It moves on so fast. It chews you guys and spits you out so fast. It's it's just insane. So, I know, man. It's a take crazy your time game. as you can. Make the best of it, brother. Because you know tomorrow isn't promised, like especially in mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to just stay positive about everything, and uh, you know, just uh, just keep keep my head on straight, and just understand that. With all the, the, the shit that goes on with the sport, that a lot of the things that are stressful about it, at least, you know, I'm doing what I love. So uh, I think that that's one of the most important things in life, especially, you know, just to be happy, to be able to do what you love, what you're passionate about. Absolutely, my friend. But um, uh, you know how we end this thing off, brother. We know we throw the proverbial microphone over to you. Anyone you want to thank, trainer partners, teammates, shoot at your social media sites, any sponsors you you may have, charities you're working with. The time is yours, my friend. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'd, I'd like to thank um, my family first and foremost uh, for being there. Uh, my 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 brother Mac for for helping me with training a lot. He's like my main training partner. Um, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu in Smithtown, Long Island MMA over in Farmingdale. Um, my sponsors, we got the Turf House, uh, we got Hummus, we got the Float Place, we got Pure Earth Nutrition, we got my supplement company, MHP, um, we got Vita Cryotherapy and Setawkit, all those guys for the help. Um, my striking coach, Nabeel Barakat, for all the hours he's put in with me for private sessions and, uh, you know, uh, just anybody who's who's got my back, who, who's uh, a fan of mine, I appreciate the support. Uh, Ryan, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, talking with you. You know, uh, best of skill in the, in the upcoming fight, my man. And you know, again, you know, uh, hopefully uh, we, we can we can uh, see this this uh, this other side of uh, of your passion kind of blow up and become something else for you too. So. Uh, other than that, man, it's always a pleasure, brother. We'll have you back on here again in the future. Nikki, anything you want to add before we let him go? Nope, just thanks a lot for coming on here with us. And, yeah, best of luck in the fight. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching it, the whole card. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate the, the time and everything. Uh, also, on social media, if you guys want to follow me, I'm, I'm on Instagram, BrianBoom135. Twitter's the same. Facebook's Brian Kelleher, and uh, look out for the boom breakdowns on, on YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to Brian's uh, YouTube channel, checking them out on, on all platforms. And, uh, again, Brian, have a good one. Thanks for your time. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Have a good night. All right, good night. You too. Everyone, that was Mr. Boom Boom Kellenher. <laughs> so uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I actually didn't thought it was it was odd. He he didn't uh, he didn't even consider the fact that the, the guys would move up and he would actually ha- have uh, have some some more interesting matchups. But I do like the the the, the Sergio Pettis Brian Kellenher fight should be fun. 
if that were ever to take yeah, place. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You just not be interesting. Yeah, like well, this is what I'm saying. Like, like it's 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 uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it sucks to see you know some of these guys may you know may have have uh you know harder time with some some of these these bigger guys or whatever. But you know, so that's the way they feel about it. I mean, it, it sucks, but at the same time, you know, they, they still they still have that opportunity to be there, and you know. I don't think there's a whole lot of really big bantamweights. Do do you? I mean, outside of the you know, guys like 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 John Lineker or stuff like that. Like, who do you think are these guys who who are you know freakishly big for bantamweights? Mm, I don't know. I can't think of anybody because like because you have the, the featherweight division right there. Like, if it's ten 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 pounds this way, ten pounds that way. Like I don't think anyone's really like killing themselves anymore to like get down, especially with the way the weigh-ins have been going and stuff like that. Um, so it's like you don't really have that that need to like really kill yourself to get down to like 135. Um, yeah, I mean I can't really think of anybody who is like I would think of as a large 135 pounder. <laughs> kind of like an oxymoron anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what eventually comes of this whole thing. If it does happen, if it doesn't happen, I guess uh, we'll we'll see what happens about this time next if uh, if it went down and what's the repercussions of it. Um, other than that, you know, this was uh, episode two forty seven in the books. I'm Steve. She's Nicole. Make sure you guys are checking us out on all, all forms of, of social media. Make sure you're showing Nikki her love too, man. I'm telling you, the uh, the YouTube channel, the uh, her, her Facebook account, her, her her Twitter. Make sure you 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 uh, you check out her fan side articles. Obviously, she has a big one coming out. You know, I kind of uh, leaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, Good um, stuff. Other than that, we're we're in we're in the books tonight, and uh, we will Good see one. you guys next week. All right. Sounds good. Good night, everybody. This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. I call to all You know it's like a rockets And I bust it through the door Break it through the ceiling And I open up the floor Make you split your head When you bang against the wall Blaze the full fury From a sight unseen Living on the podcast It's your time three Throwing up a chunk For a breeding frenzy It's a fucking festival waters of this every see Time to lay the smack down Lay it on your back now Focus on that moment When you bash it into round town Competition tries to stay up For the last round But we still have finish And we soaking up the live crowd Turn it up loud, and make us all proud Anyone who brought up, yeah, we leave them all up in the ground Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud Can't try some bitches, gonna hit you like Bow, 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 bow. Don't listen up, don't let you wow What's up, that's MMA We want the power, now can be sick Turn up the volume, you lacking this out on the game And I just solved your problem Can't try some bitches, this is what you all been missing All the latest news and the news, come and give a listen 
Steven breaks her high and low to give you something different. Get up on the fence and changing up your disposition. UFC and Bellator against the picture fight. You're not in the conversation, get your game tight. Just make sure with the line is green, you don't get paid right. Every Thursday night from eight to ten, we're playing up on your flight. What you call the sub? Oh. We'll be knocking you down. down. Facing the sound, just a round the pound. With the thought on the hand, with the kick in the crowd. When the calls are unbound, it's your voice is profound. And we game to a sound, it's world rich now. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.